We're a little more than two weeks into Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And while the invasion is progressing, it's going more slowly and with much more resistance than it seems that Russia anticipated. Meanwhile, Russia is facing a huge international backlash, including sanctions far beyond any that have ever been posed, imposed on a major economy. Uh, whether or not Russia succeeds in toppling the Ukrainian government or establishing uh, an occupation regime, it's clear that Russia has miscalculated in a lot of ways the reaction both of the Ukrainian people and of the international community. And it's in, it finds itself in for what's going to be a long, difficult, and very bloody uh, operation that it doesn't have very good options uh, as far as getting out of. I think really there are two areas in particular uh, where Russian miscalculations fed into the hubris um, that led to this uh, situation. One has to do with the nature of Ukrainian identity itself, what it means to be Ukrainian. And the other has to do with how the international community was going to perceive Russia's advance and uh, the Russian invasion, I should say. Um, on both of these, uh, Russia had for a long time been putting out uh, a set of talking points, uh, propaganda if you will, uh, emphasizing that uh, Ukrainians and Russians were, as Vladimir Putin put it uh, in 2014 and has repeated on many occasions since, one people. Um, and then that the international community, particularly the West, was decadent, uh, that it was uh, taken up with identity politics and multiculturalism and didn't have the vigor uh, to push back against a martial, uh, manly uh, leader like Putin himself. And on both of these counts, Russia seems to have uh, drunk its own Kool-Aid, you might say. On the first, with when it comes to Ukrainian identity, there is a long-standing belief uh, among the Russian elite that the whole notion of Ukraine is an internet is a foreign conspiracy, if you will. Uh, this is an idea that goes back to the first years after what was then uh, the Grand Princedom of Muscovy took over the bulk of, of what is today Ukraine. Um, the idea of Ukrainian separatism, the idea of Ukraine as a separate nation, uh, was always in the minds of Russian leadership associated with foreign rivals, whether that was uh, Poland during uh, the years around uh, the partitions of, of the old Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, whether that was Austria-Hungary uh, in the years leading up to the First World War, whether that was Germany uh, during the Second World War, or whether that was NATO today. Um, there's this persistent belief among the Russian elite that because of cultural, historical, religious, linguistic links, uh, Ukrainians and Russians have a common past and therefore are destined to have a common future. Uh, however, 30 years on after Ukraine has become an independent state, it's become pretty clear that not just state building, but nation building uh, in Ukraine has gone far further than I think most of the people in the Russian elite who are overseeing this war uh, had assumed. Regardless of whether people speak Ukrainian, regardless of which church they belong to, regardless of what part of Ukraine they live in, the last couple of weeks have made very clear that the notion of Ukrainian identity is very deeply established, and that Ukrainian identity increasingly means identifying as something other than Russian, uh, that these two things are not the same, they don't overlap, they're not compatible, whatever historical, cultural, and linguistic commonalities uh, exist. And for that reason, Russia's faced enormous resistance from the Ukrainian people, including in parts of the country where the bulk of the population is Russian-speaking, belongs to the Ukrainian Orthodox Church of the Moscow Patriarchate, that is the one that's uh, part of the Russian Orthodox Church, 
um, and even where um, they have family uh, living across the border in Russia. This emergence of a distinct Ukrainian identity uh, seems to have caught a lot of the Russian leadership by surprise uh, when they thought that it was only this so-called fascist junta uh, in Kiev that was pushing the notion of Ukrainian nationalism and that ordinary Ukrainians wanted to be together with their Russian brothers. Uh, and it would just take a small push for this so-called fascist junta to topple and for the reunification of Russians and Ukrainians to take place. But if that was one very serious miscalculation on the part of the Russian government, the other has to do with the reaction of the international community, and particularly the West. For about a decade now, uh, Russian talking points have emphasized the so-called decadence of the West. That is, the West had lost uh, its adherence to the so-called traditional values that Ru Putin's Russia itself claimed to embody. And that with its emphasis on things like gender identity, multiculturalism, immigration, uh, personal pronouns, and this sort of thing, uh, that the West no longer had the will or the ability uh, to fight. It didn't have uh, a spine, if you will. And that moreover, the West values democracy, tolerance, pluralism, uh, all were kind of for show. And indeed, uh, the West and Western institutions had often shown themselves uh, willing to compromise on some of those values. For instance, in allowing Russian oligarchs to take uh, significant stakes in the economies of a number of Western states, regardless of the means by which these oligarchs acquired their money. Nevertheless, uh, the Western response has been vigorous. Uh, led by the United States, uh, NATO has responded with military assistance to Ukraine. The U.S. and its allies have imposed significant sanctions on Russia, targeting its central bank, expelling a number of Russian banks from the SWIFT messaging system, uh, and leading Russia to a position where the possibility of a default is not uh, at all uh, difficult to imagine. Moreover, countries like Germany that had long been thought of as being essentially vegetarian uh, have now taken on a much more robust uh, commitment to military support for Ukraine and to domestic rearmament in a way that's going to pose Russia with a much more difficult, much more hostile international environment around its borders in the future, regardless of what happens in Ukraine over the next couple of weeks and months.